You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Outside the Trenches. Welcome in to this week's edition of Outside the Trenches, presented by our friends at Five Farms Irish Cream Liqueur. Super excited, as always, to be joined by Nick Lecky and Brian Hanley. Nick, how was your week? How are you doing? Uh, catch the people up on what you've been up to. Oh, nothing. I've uh, just been working, uh, just been hanging out with the family, uh, trying to avoid the heat up here in Kansas City. It is miserable hot up here. It is like Houston hot down here. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. It's been that thick heat, too, the, the humid, thick heat. Uh, been been pretty tough. Big B, how are things? How are you holding it down in Dallas down there? It's still hot, um, so that didn't change. But other than that, I've been okay. Been okay. Uh, my wife decided that we needed a new closet. It's mostly my fault because I had my clothes were too heavy and it literally ripped the uh, the the everything off the wall. And it was all my fault. So I'm like, well, that's interesting. Uh, and I fought her on doing it too. I was like, nah, we don't need to do it. I, I'm like, really? My clothes are literally on the floor. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so it's all good. It's all good. Sounds like you compromised then. A little uh, bit, a little bit, a little bit. You know, I've been married 20 years, man. It's give and take. I- I'm surprised you haven't learned that you're just a mere foot soldier in a household with no sort of voting rights or any generalissimo. Well, I, I mean, voucher. I have, and that's the whole thing. Is like we get this this closet thing, but I have just a little smidge of room, and then everything else is hers. So it is what it is. Sounds about right. That all tracks. But uh, we appreciate you guys listening to this podcast. If you're watching live, appreciate you watching live as well. Um, as we uh, go live every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. during the season and on outside the trenches. If you don't know already, we're going to be kind of looking at a league wide approach. Obviously, there's. Chiefs, Chiefs make a lot of big stories, right? So we're going to still talk about a lot of the Chiefs, but we're going to look a league-wide approach and obviously still stick with blind no. But one of the things, uh, fellas, when when we were messaging today about what we were going to talk about, I, I think one of the biggest stories going on right now is the Chris Jones holdout, the fact that he's not in camp yet. And I think it's interesting looking around the league because it seems like there's a lot more holdouts this year than in years past. I know that there's been a lot with running backs, um, and the valuation there, I understand that situation. Uh, but from the Chris Jones perspective, truthfully, I don't know if I see him benefiting a whole lot from this holdout. So, uh, Big B, I want to get your thoughts right off the top. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Chris Jones holdout and kind of him going on social media and saying, "Oh, I'm going to be out. I'm going to be sitting out till week eight. That seems kind of a, a big paycheck that he's going to be forfeiting there. Yeah, here's the thing. I mean, if you tab it, I don't know the exact days and the exact dollar amount, so don't hold me to it. But I'm guessing he's lost about one and a half million dollars, somewhere in that range up to this point by holding out. And then if you turn and and just use round numbers, if he sits out eight games, so that's another eight million dollars, you're going to give up nine and a half million dollars to number one, not get a new contract because the Chiefs are still not going to give you a new contract. Two, if they decide to franchise you next year, which I'm guessing they won't, but if they do, you're still with the Chiefs, and so you still have to play under the franchise. So you didn't get another contract. You still are with the Chiefs, and you're out $9.5 million that you're never, ever going to make back 
I don't care how much money you get. You'll never make that money back. Ask Le'Veon Bell how that works. It, mm-hmm. it just doesn't make it. Look, it's the way that they bargain, you know, collectively bargain the agreement. So it is what it is. I, I just don't think it's a smart move. Not at all. You know, I, I definitely appreciate anybody who wants to hold out and get more money. Sure. But uh, I think, you know, there's an element you could say he's preserving his body or he's trying to use tactics. So it's all funny games until the work week starts and you're like, all right, is he going to show up or not? And then at that that point, I remember Steven Jackson held out in 08 and he held at Olive Camp. And we we're like, everyone's like, hey, do you care that he's holding out? Like, no, not one bit. As long as he's here for day one, week one, that's all that matters. So all this right now is posturing. All this is conjecture. Uh, and so I think he'll be back week one and he's just trying to threaten him. And the Chiefs aren't going to budge because they don't want to set that precedent either. It's it's a very interesting market that D tackle market is because Aaron Donald has made, I think you have to make like 31 to top his market, which $31 million a year at age 29 is a lot for uh, for a franchise to kind of justify. Right. But then the second highest is 24 million, 20, it's 24, right? Uh, that's a $7 million gap. Like you're looking at a huge gap where these positions usually only have 500,000 to a million dollar gap between one and two. That's pretty easy to slot in there. It's not, it's, it's a tough conversation for Chris Jones and his camp to have because they want to probably be closer to that $30 million mark that's been reported several times now. It seems like the Chiefs kind of want him closer to maybe that $26, $27 million mark. Um, and that's, there's a gap there. It seems like both sides have kind of drawn a line in the sand. And if we know anything about like what the Chiefs have done recently when it comes to contracts, that's what they've done. They've drawn their line in the sand. They say, this is what we want. This is what we'll give you. If you don't want it, go find something else. They did it with Tyree Kill. They did it with Orlando Brown. Uh, two Two examples right there. I'm sure they've done it multiple times in years past too. But uh, Big B, you brought up the the franchise tag aspect of it, of which I think is so wildly interesting. Um, because the Chiefs, realistically, what could happen is the Chiefs could, you know, he reports, he plays this year, they tag him, and maybe they trade him next year, right? They they right. Can tag and trade. Um, but the franchise tag is is a little bit different this year with the new collective bargaining. It's like 120 percent of the salary is then what the franchise to, or the salary cap hit is then what the franchise tag becomes. So you're looking at like a $30 million franchise tag off of what Chris Jones is slated to make $28 million this year on his. So you're, it, that's a pretty hefty price tag. Uh, but this is from Joel Corey. I believe he's a he's a CBS cap analyst. He used to be a former agent in the NFL. Um, but he, he was asked if Chris Jones' holdout impacts what his franchise tag number will be next year. And it does. He's going to be fined $1.1 million a game uh, if he if he misses it. And that decreases from his cap hit. So if he misses eight games, uh, he's missing out on $8 million. And that's like only $20 million. So the Chiefs could get him for like $24 million-ish to put a franchise tag on, which would be a whole lot less than what he's what he, uh, what he he's asking for. So I, I just don't understand any more of, of the posturing, right? Because it seems like the Chiefs have all of the cards in their hand, right? They've got all the aces. Um and they know they have all the aces, but Chris Jones still is wanting to wanting to do the wanting to do his bluff and tr- and try to try to get some more money. But it's it's a very interesting and a very confusing situation that's been happening since April, seemingly. Right. Well, but then also look at too. Do the Chiefs feel comfortable with this D line D line room without Chris Jones? Yeah. Oh, we know. Yeah. Right. Do you, do you trust yeah. this D line without Chris Jones? I don't. Just, if I'm an no. offense lineman, there's no Chris Jones. 
I don't fear this defense. We're going to run the ball. We're going to pass the ball. We have no right. threat in the inside. And that means, you know, you're going to be able to help out in the outsides. No, this this defense runs off Chris Jones, and Chris Jones knows it. Spagnola defenses require quarterback pressure. You don't get quarterback pressure, you're going to get burned all day long. So Chris Jones knows what he's doing. And the Chiefs, I don't think he can bluff this one. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so either. I, I think something will get done. But here's something interesting. I was talking to, to somebody earlier today about this very thing is, you know, we look at the, the Aaron Donald number and owners are starting to get smart. It's like, look, everybody loves Chris Jones. He's done a great job. And I know that you set the market, you set the market, but those guys are not Aaron Donald. And they haven't done the things that Aaron Donald has done in the National Football League. So if he's getting $31 million, if the next guy's getting 24 I get that people want to keep setting the market higher and higher, but they're not him. So if you're not that guy, it's hard for, for owners to swallow that pill. I think they're getting smarter with this. I think you're starting to see it maybe a little bit with quarterbacks where they're saying, look, I get it. We're not going to give you this type of money because you're basing it off of him because they'll go into that meeting and just say, you're not him. And I go, and I think that's something that people have to look at is, and I know it's a tough pill to swallow as a player, man. It it is. For somebody to tell you that you're not as good as somebody else, that's a tough, tough pill to swallow. But it's reality. And a lot of times you got to start dealing with reality. And I think owners are like, look, we want to be good for the long term. We can't give you this kind of money and then spread it around to everybody else and still be good. And I also think that they can go to them and say, if Patrick Mahomes can take less, you can take less. Yes. Yeah. I think that's kind of uh kind of the deal. It's interesting too with this with his contract. I've seen some comments about this. This is a second contract or a third contract, I mean. So he's not like coming off of a rookie deal. It's not like a rookie holdout contract. This is going into his his third contract. Um and when when I talk about the other holdouts, like Nick Bosa is another guy that uh I've seen people say like, "Well, well they're just waiting for each other to because to see what they sign, and then they'll report, and then and then they'll do this, they'll do that. I don't know how much that that's actually happening because they do really play two different positions. If you look at the market value, there's a two two very bit different positions right. when it comes to comes to the pay scale. Uh, but Nick Bosa is, is a little different because he's coming off of a rookie deal. Like this is his yeah. rookie, like off of his rookie contract, he's looking for that second contract. All of the fines that he's accrued can be waived. The ones that Chris Jones has accrued off of this second contract cannot be waived. Uh, so he's got to pay this money anyway. That's a part of the new collective bargaining agreement that they uh, did. I don't know who slid that one in there. I, that was probably an owner's thing that they slid that one in there. They said, "Yeah, we'll give you less padded practices, but uh, you don't have you don't get to waive these fines." Uh, that was a smooth move on the owner's part. What's the fine thing? What are you talking about? He, so for training camp, he got fined fifty thousand or five hundred thousand, no fifty thousand dollars a day when you uh, for for not reporting. And then now every game that he misses is $1.1 million. Um, okay. So I, I believe when Le'Veon Bell did it, which is really interesting, back in like 2021, maybe 2022, he, he, made a, he, he made a tweet a couple years ago, Chris Jones did, about the Le'Veon Bell thing, about uh, like if he ever finds himself in the position, he'll do what Le'Veon Bell did. Like he's he's said this before, that he'll hold out until week eight. But that, that fine for Le'Veon Bell was only like 800000 a game. I say only, but uh, it's gone up since then. Um, we start talking about onlys and only in, yeah, right. in terms of dollar amount in the NFL. You but it was different though because Le'Veon Bell was under the franchise tag and he just yes. never signed it. Yes. and then he sat out the entire season. 
Yes. And lost out on, I think it was $14.3 million. And I'm like, but that that literally doesn't make any sense. And yeah, it was a second franchise tag. But you first of all, he signed for less money than what the Steelers initially offered him. <laughs> then you lose $14.3 million that you can't make back. That's just not smart. That's right. not smart business-wise, man. It just isn't. And I understand, like, Nick, your your point of, like, this defense, like, needs Chris Jones. Like, I think that's been very evident in the preseason games. Well, no, they're just preseason games, right? You can take whatever you want right. to take away from preseason games. But you look at the pass rush, the ones-on-ones, the limited view, for viewing that you do get of that, especially against the Saints, it was like, oof. Chris Jones is going to be needed in this in this defense if they if they want to be uh, any sort of uh, competitive wise. And Spags defenses always start slow. Like that's historically a Spags thing, and I think it's historically a defense thing. Truthfully, uh, when it comes to the NFL, is like defenses start slower. Um, but yeah, Chris Jones is that cog in the middle, and they really don't have anyone to fill in that place. They're looking at like Daniel Wise, who was an undrafted guy out of Kansas. So like. Going from Chris Jones to Daniel Wise, no offense to Daniel Wise, he's he's had a great camp. But going from Daniel Wise uh, to to Chris Jones is shell shocking, probably. Yeah, I would guess so. I mean, that's that's a huge drop off. Jeez. Yeah, and you look at too the Chiefs didn't pay Tyreek Hill when he's you know wide receiver, clear wide receiver one, and Chris yeah. Jones is D, DT number two behind Aaron Donald. And also, why would you want to bust the cap number? Because then you just screw the team, or you screw the rest of the team over. Yep. Uh, because you know you can't pay the guys. And I'm not saying I'm, you know me, I'm all for players get paid. Absolutely. You have a finite window. Yeah. Owners That's will right. cut your ass as soon as you get old, right? That's so right. you have to protect yourself. You have to know your value, and you have to do it. But it also comes to a point in time where like, okay, what's a reasonable number, and what's a what maybe put some more guarantees, or give them that Bob Kraft and pay him through his uh, uh, affiliated companies, like they used to do with Tom Brady. You know him with that one, right? Like, hey, man, why don't, you, why don't we set up some shell companies in, uh, you know, Delaware or Nevada, and we'll pay you through some shell companies or something like that, right? Or get that Bobby Bonilla. Get that Bobby Bonilla deal. Right? Come on, man. Make, make June 1st Bobby Bonilla Chris Jones Day. It is. Uh, no, the, the, you're going to be seeing the WTA and, and FC Dallas being being on this right. yeah, with the Hunt family. Uh you're gonna you're gonna see it here in a bit. Yeah. Uh no, we gotta take a break. I still want to talk about uh some of these contract holdouts outside of Chris Jones because uh Big B, you brought up Jonathan Taylor and, and the situation that's going on there. I think that's incredibly interesting. There's been some Chiefs fans rumbling about them wanting him in Kansas City. I don't think that's a good idea. If you can't pay Chris Jones, you won't be able to play Jonathan Taylor, uh especially when you look at him. But uh we'll be right back. We gotta take a break, but we'll be right back after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. What is up, Chiefs Kingdom? I've got to interrupt today's podcast to tell you about our friends at Factor. And with the busy season just around the corner, school's starting up, football's starting up, sports are starting back up for this season. You might be looking for some wholesome, convenient meals for these jam-packed days. And Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up with fresh, chef-preferred, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. Too busy with your end-of-summer goals to cook but want to make sure you're eating well? With Factors, get the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping and the prepping and the cleaning up while still getting the flavor and the nutritional quality that you need. 
Factors fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy to get back to crushing your goals. Refresh your healthy habits without missing a beat. You can choose from 34 weekly flavor-packed dietitian-approved meals ready to eat in just two minutes. And then you can level up as well with their Gourmet Plus options prepared to perfection by chefs ready to eat in record time. Treat yourself to upscale meals with premium ingredients like broccolini, leeks, truffle butter, and asparagus. I put in an order with Factor. I got a chef's choice, so I'm excited to see what they send me there with uh, Factor. So here's what you got to do. You got to head to factormeals.com slash KCSN50 and use code KCSN50 to get 50% off. That's code KCSN50 at factormeals.com slash KCSN50 to get 50% off. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back into Outside the Trenches here on KC Sports. I'm presented by our friends at Five Farms Irish Cream Liqueur and our friends at Holiday Distillery as well. Make sure you go check them out in Western Missouri if you ever find yourself up there. Uh, great place to go. Great, great spot to go hang out. But uh, Big B, when we were talking about things we wanted to uh, to hit on today's show, you brought up Jonathan Taylor. I think it's a great topic to talk about. Uh, before we move completely on to Jonathan Taylor, I've seen some people in the, in the chat there while we're doing this live. You can join us live if you're listening to this on the podcast. Every Wednesday, 9 p.m. If you can't sleep, you're tossing and turning. We'll be here for you. We'll put you right to sleep. We'll, we'll be the last thing you listen to. But uh, I've seen some people say, like, oh, the Chiefs should have traded him. The Chiefs should still trade him. Kind of hard to trade him right now. But I, I just want to say, in May, I was telling trade Chris Jones. I think I was saying it in April to trade Chris Jones because his value's never been higher. I know what he needs of the defense. But from a financial perspective, from the team side of it, looking at it, you think, oh, you could probably get a whole lot for him right now. And I got lambasted for that. Um, and now everyone's saying, well, you should have traded Chris Jones back then. Hindsight's twenty twenty, but I just want to point that out. That I got a lot of <laughs> slack from these YouTube comments about suggesting to trade Chris Jones. And now all of a sudden the tone is, well, we should have traded him back in May, back in April, but back before the draft. No, I, I didn't get it. But sorry. Sorry to get us off topic. Let's talk about Jonathan Taylor, Big B. What? Just give me your thoughts on that situation first off, because that is just a bizarre situation. Jim Irsay is really Jim Irsay that one, oh. um, and it's just been a very brutal weird situation. Well, it's just what you said, Jim Irsay. I mean, what are you doing? I mean, you basically come out. Not basically. I mean, he came out and said, "We don't even want the guy." You know, if the, if the NFL if it goes on and he's not here, it'll go on without. I'm like, really. Okay, so now you're saying you don't want him. 
then you first off, he says he wants to be traded. He said, Nope, we're not doing it. I'm doing it. I don't care what he says. Three weeks later, now here he is on the trade market. He won't show up to camp. He's all pissed off. I mean, it's just a nightmare scenario. But the bottom line is this is first of all, they're saying they want a first round pick for him. That ain't gonna happen. Nobody's giving up no first round pick for a running back. Right. Uh, that's just I don't care how good he is, that's not gonna happen. The NFL has changed. And until somebody wins with a, a running back that has, number one, a first-round draft pick or has been paid, nobody's doing that anymore. So I don't know what they think, or they want a collection of picks that equal a first-round pick, which uh, nobody's doing that either. So especially in the situation that the Colts are in, I think it's a mess. I think part of it, Taylor, I mean, look, you just got to deal with it, man. It is what it is. Uh, I get that, he, again, that he's wanting more money. Um, and he's wanting to re-up it and do it now. But the Colts said, no, they're not going to do that. Teams are just not doing that anymore, right. unfortunately. So it's this is what it is. This is literally what it is. And asking for a trade, I would probably ask for a trade, because here's the thing. If Ursay said in public that he didn't want him, what's he said to him in private? Right. That's the thing to think about. What's he said to him in private? So I get it, but it's an absolute mess. It is, but then also I think if you know if if you're him, if you're Jonathan Taylor, you could look at that offense and say, "I'm it." Like, yeah. who who else mm -hmm. is on that roster who's going to win you games? Oh, I mean, they 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 treated him like a like a like a used like a rented car, absolutely right. And it's like you're getting you're getting that many touches a game. Yeah, I'd want more money too. Yeah, and also if you're Ursay or if you're the Colts and say, "Well, no, we're not going to pay you that big money," but on a trade, we want a first round pick. Right, so so you're speaking out both sides of your mouth. It makes no sense whatsoever, right? And if I'm Jonathan Taylor, I'm like, okay, great. Like what? Like then then if you say whatever, then take a seventh round for me and just get me out of here. And you yeah. go on with your your minor league team that you have that probably couldn't beat Alabama. I'm just kidding, yeah. it probably could. Or just pay quicker. him if you want a first round pick. Just give him the money of what a first round pick would be. Problem solved. Right. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I haven't seen the reports of like what he's asking for specifically in terms of like money. Um, was it like fourteen, maybe? Uh, yeah, I mean, he's not going to get that. There's, no, uh, nobody's going to do that. But you could get ten or eleven. It's maybe like nine. I think that like the league had a collective memo and was like, "Hey, let's just not mess with court. Let's just not mess with running backs at all this all this offseason. Because like Dalvin Cook was unsigned for a long time. Uh, Zeke was unsigned for a long time. Two guys that when they were drafted and when they were playing, their peaks were pretty dynamic running backs. Uh, very, very exciting to watch. But now it's it's coming to the point where it almost seems like running back. I know this trope has kind of been kind of played out on on social media, specifically Twitter or X, formerly known as Twitter. Um, about running backs not mattering. And, and I would know we've had this conversation before about like the Chiefs have been able to do this with like Damian Williams, Daryl Williams, and guys that they just like find in UDFAs and seventh rounders, Isaiah Pacheco, uh, Denek Prince is the big one this offseason that they've signed undrafted out of Tulsa. And I and I wonder what it's gonna be like for Isaiah Pacheco. And I had to start thinking about, you know, a guy who doesn't have that fifth year option, who's a seventh round rookie, plays hard, plays really well. Is he just gonna burn out? Or are they just gonna? Is it just gonna run him to the ground and be like, "All right, thanks, thanks for those four years. We're gonna go find another guy." And I, it feels like that that's kind of what the league is trending towards. Of like, "All right, 
cool. Yeah, you can be a good player, but we're just going to replace you in four years with a guy who's younger and who can who can do the same things at a cheaper value. Um, and because it seems like this is the spot, this is the look where teams have looked at it and said, okay, this position is one that where we might be able to cut some financial corners at. And uh, they seem pretty confident. And I don't know. I just I thought it was so strange that like even Zeke and Dalvin Cook were out there for as long as they were. Like the market's just not there for running backs anymore. I don't know. Zeke Zeke's old. You know Zeke's old. You know, and it's like I don't think he he's he's that guy anymore. But Jonathan Taylor, this is his fourth year. I mean, yeah. I'd say years mm-hmm. four, five, six, and seven are, are crucial for running backs. And look at the Chiefs. You got Patrick Mahomes. He's yeah. he's helping everything else out. And you got a, a solid offensive line. So to me, it's like, you know, you can't really I mean, I guess, you know, you look at the historically running backs, right? Where they're good running backs are only good because you have a crappy offense. Right. Look at I mean, Adrian Peterson was it when he was there. Um, Emmett Smith was an okay, but he had a great that was different support with salary caps that were count. And um, Jonathan Taylor, I mean, well, he got hurt last year, right? I believe. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he he's he's got low mileage. You know, you look at his stat numbers, 232 carries his first season, like 330 carries second season. That's a lot of touches. Tons. And you look, <laughs> who's your quarterback? Gardner Minshew and Ellinger? I'd hold out too. Like, you're not going to win more. Like, what's the under? Two, four wins? Why don't we say yeah. Indy's the, the crappiest team with no shot to make the playoffs? Right, that that one went under the radar. It did. Oh, uh, maybe I said they were going to be bad. I don't think they were going to be the worst, but they're going to yeah, be bad. I th- I remember them getting brought up. It was it was like one of those like, oh, do we miss? It was like, oh yeah, Indy's going to be bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, bad. the Cardinals are going to be bad. I got to watch them in a preseason game. Oh my goodness, Horrific. that team is bad. That team is not good. Atlanta, <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. That I feel bad about Jonathan Taylor. I mean, about that is. Everybody, I, th- I think what the league-wide is kind of going now, they don't want Lamar Jackson's out there, but they the league has kind of went to mobile quarterbacks mm-hmm. to where if a play breaks down, our quarterback is mobile enough or he can run a quick read option, get three or four yards, and get down. You know, versus handing it to this guy that, you know, 25 to 30 times a game that's going to take a pounding, and still get me the same three or four yards, but is also going to eat up a chunk of my salary cap. I think the league has just said, look, if we can get three or four yards on a quick read option because we're paying this quarterback $40 million, I think people are, are deciding, I'll just do that, and I go, and we can pay other people. you know. And I think when you look at it league-wide, if you just think about it for a minute, the league has went to more mobile quarterbacks. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, he's not Lamar Jackson, but he is a mobile quarterback that if a play breaks down or a bootleg whatever the case he can get you three or four yards mm-hmm. so I, I to me it's smart unfortunately for running backs it's horrible horrible you got to do the uh the patriots where they had hernandez and gronk right they sort of revolutionized that position that body type and look at look at a guy like mckinnon right wasn't he like the like the offensive player of the december yeah, I mean, so running backs are important, but but how you utilize running backs is Absolutely. different. I mean, yeah. it's different, right? And the Chiefs have shown that. I mean, here's how we're going to do it. Running backs, you get 15 touches a game, but you better be able to go out for rounds. And Absolutely. guess what? That's what I want. I don't want a running back chip help. I don't want a running back block and a linebacker. But, you know, every 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 pass play, should, running backs should be running some sort of route mm-hmm. and getting them out there, making them another weapon. And that's how you get your running backs involved. 
Yeah. And and I think Jonathan Taylor can, can be that guy. Like I said, low mileage. Yeah. I think it's a great pickup for somebody. I'd yeah. trade a first rounder for it. You know what you have. It's a proven commodity. Here's somebody I think, uh, and I was talking to somebody today, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, Tampa's not going to be great, but if you think and you look at their team, they got linemen coming back. I know they lost Donovan Smith to the Chiefs, but they got linemen coming back that were hurt last year that the previous year the Bucs could run the football. Right. So you make a trade for that. You got Baker Mayfield as your quarterback. Well, when is Baker Mayfield ever good? It's when he's got a line that can protect him and when they can run the football. So I'm not saying that Tampa's going to be world beaters, but you know their defense is always pretty good. You bring a Jonathan Taylor in the mix and team him with those receivers that they got, that's not horrible. It's not horrible. It could be interesting. Yeah, another team like Miami is another one that could be in a really interesting one. I don't know if I don't know if the Colts or Jim Mercer wants to trade him within the AFC. I think I've heard uh, the Panthers as well as another team that could be an interesting yeah. landing spot for him. Uh, Miami makes a lot of sense because they were in Dalvin Cook uh, for a long time before the Jets ended up with him. But Tampa's interesting. Tampa's an interesting one, especially with their name in uh, Baker Mayfield, the uh, the starter. I thought that was very interesting uh, the, for them naming him the starter. I think it just tells you Kyle Trask probably isn't that good. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, because otherwise, I don't think that Tampa has any aspirations that they're going to win that division. Right. But, <laughs> but if you start Baker, it's like, okay, we don't think we're going to win this division, but this backup, we, we cannot put him out here <laughs> because everybody's going to know that we literally have no shot. We have no shot. It could be good, and and I don't think Ursay cares about playoff contention because I think he knows he even he's confident, confident no. they're going to be in there. So you don't care who he trades them to. Yeah, that's probably fair. I just didn't know if he wanted like some owners and like some some GMs are weird about like trading within the same like conference. Um, I know when Orlando Brown was traded to the Chiefs, I I myself was like, wow, that really doesn't make any sense for the for the Ravens to do that because like. The Chiefs are their biggest competition, so why give them a piece of, like, why give them the missing link, right? Like, why give Thanos the last Infinity Stone, basically, you know? Right. Like, why would you do that? Um, but that's a completely different situation than the Indianapolis Colts giving Jonathan Taylor <laughs> to the Miami Dolphins. Um, that's a little bit different uh, of a situation. But, uh, Nick, before we throw to the next break, you had brought something up that I have kind of noticed We've seen a couple of retirements in the recent days, it seems like, weeks, days, uh, of guys who I think are fairly young, 28 years old. you got Corey Davis who announced his retirement from the New York Jets today. He was slated to make like $10 million, I think, this year. Um, I don't know if he thought that he wasn't going to make team, what was going to happen, but he retires. He announces his retirement. Also, Miles Jack, I think he's with Philly um, this year, and he announced his retirement. Both guys are 28 years old. Thoughts on those guys' retirement? Yeah, to me, it gets to a point in the league where you're six years deep, you're 28 years old, and the locker room is a bunch of 21, 22-year-olds. So there's a there's there's a gap, right? Like, there's a big gap. And I know players are coming in a lot more mature, a lot more responsible. But at some point, right, you know, like with, with Miles Jack, you're on a new team, you're just not, not feeling it, and you start to sort of question, like around year six. I, I got to year six, and I was in year seven before I got cut. And there, there's a big separation between you and the young guys. And, you know, you start looking at it, you're like, man, is this worth it? And training camp is is such a such a brutal thing 
you're checking everything mentally. You're checking everything mentally. And it's like, you lose that desire after a while. Like you're sick of being a mercenary. You're, you're sick of going from team to team and you want to win and everything like that. But it just gets to a point where you're like, is this really it? Like, it's yeah. like, you know, you start to have that sort of midlife crisis and, and I respect that these, these, these guys for, for, for quitting, for retiring. And I respect the coaches for, you know, that we're past this coal miner mentality of work for the team, whatever. And it's like, nah, the team doesn't give a shit about you, to be honest with it. Like yeah. at all, like they don't care. And I, I love these guys who are like, you know what? I'm just going to quit. You know, I think Andrew Luck set the precedent and he's at the top of his game. And he didn't want to be an indie either, just like Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> he said, peace out. I'm going to go back to Houston to start my book club. And and I love it. I mean, Luke Keekley did the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just one of those things where I, I, I love that, you know, take care of your mental health. Take care of your health, man. That, that's more important than, than any game that you get right. well paid for. Yeah. Absolutely. Football's hard, man. Mm-hmm. Football's hard. hard. I mean, I didn't play professional, but I just remember two days in college. Oh, I mean, it was that doesn't was count there. Yeah, Bill Snyder, that that was different. That's Bill different. Snyder two days were nothing. <laughs> no one's ever experienced and Wildcat days, right? I think it's oh, past the statue limit. Literally can't come inside for six hours. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, I mean, football is just hard. And it, it is hard physically. But it's just like you said, Nick, it, it's more mental, especially when you start getting up there in age, man. It's just, is this worth it? I mean, do you really want to go through that grind again? Because your body's going to get beat up. And the one thing that I do know, just from the guys that I've talked to that I know that played, if you're not there mentally, you will get hurt. And that's the thing. You will get hurt if you're not fully engaged mentally. It just works that way. Another retirement that that was really interesting happened at the beginning of the training camp was John Ross. John Ross had signed a futures deal with with the Chiefs, 27 years old. Guy gets out there. He did have a little. I think he tweaked his knee a little bit, but he was still back at practice. And then one day he would just like miss practice as an excuse absence. The next day he retires. Like he announces his retirement. So it was just like one of those things where he must have just been like, "Man, I don't know if I want to do this anymore." Yeah. Like especially up there in St. Joe, away from the family, away from uh, the kids. I don't know if he's got kids or 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 a significant other. I'm sure he does. Uh, but you're just away from everybody. He's, he signed this futures deal in, like, February to, to join this team. Doesn't really know a whole lot of the guys. He's out there, and he's just like, you know what? I'm like, maybe this just isn't it. And I feel for a guy for a guy like John Ross, who had so much potential, the number nine pick in the draft, the pick that went in 2017, right before Patrick Mahomes, um, been a guy who is already out of the league uh, retirement. But as you mentioned, Nick, it's good. I think it's good for these guys to kind of end things on their terms and to realize, like, hey, I know I don't really got it anymore. I think a lot of the former players that I've talked to kind of sometimes struggled when it was with injuries that pushed them out because they still felt like that maybe they could have had something left if because it was out of their control. Uh, but you, but you're right. You've seen a little bit more of these guys take control and say like, "Hey, I'm I'm going to decide when I leave." And I talked to Tim Grunhard actually. We're going to have something coming out on KCSN uh, with him, and that was kind of his thing. You know, a different different position. He played center for a long time for the Kansas City Chiefs. But his thing was that he wanted to, he wanted to leave the game before people noticed that he should leave the game, um, and that was kind of the big thing where he said like he said I don't want people to say like hey maybe maybe you should retire. He wanted to retire before people got to the point of, of suggesting it to him, and that's what he did. A dude who had nine knee surgeries and just had a full hip replacement. So I mean, no joke brutal. back in those those yeah. nasty two thousands. Yeah, always. Yeah, yeah, brutal. 
Well, you know, and there's something too that I, I could speak on personally is I honestly, I never liked playing football. Like I never, like I enjoyed games. I enjoyed beat people up. I enjoyed the physicality. It's super stressful. But to me, I realized that one, I could get my college paid for. Like, like in high school, you know, my, 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 my goal was, was to go be a ski bum. Like that was my, after high school, it was like finish high school, go to college somewhere and just go be a ski bum. Like that's all I wanted to do. Right. That was my desire. But I got good at football. I, I know how to work out. I know how to discipline myself, but I didn't have that desire. And even in the NFL, it was like, okay, I, I will go play in the NFL, but it's not like I was never those people like, oh, this is my lifetime goal. And, you know, I right. dreamed about this since I was a little boy. No, hell not a dream. I dreamed about being a, a ski bum since I was a little kid. But I knew, hey, shit, man, I, I'm good at what I do. I'm okay. disciplined. I can learn a playbook. And then once you lose that desire, man, like it's it's over. Right. right. And you, if you don't force yourself, if you don't love money or if you're like, hey, I want to protect my body the back end, I knew playing every year I played in NFL, kickoff return, right? Backup, backup alignment. I'm shaving back end years off my life. You know, I'm saying when I'm 70, if I make it that far, it's going to look crappy. It's going to look real bad, right? You got CTE on the horizon. You got, you know, your, your brain is mush. You got dementia, all this stuff, right? And guys are like, you know what? I'm not going to sacrifice that. And, you know, it's just one of those things. So if you like, but there's other guys who are like, oh yeah, I want to play football my whole life. And I'm like, wow, good for you. I never wanted that. So that's the thing, right? You lose that desire, lose that passion. It's not fun. And if it's not fun, like Big B said, you're going to get hurt and it, and it stinks, but it's just one of those things. So I get it. Right. And passion is everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very interesting uh, to talk about. But listen, everyone's favorite segment is coming up next. We're going to take one more break, then we'll get to Blind Nil coming up here on Outside the Trenches. Stay with us. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Welcome back in to Outside the Trenches here on KC Sports. Extra by our friends at Five Farms Irish Cream Liqueur and Holiday Distillery. Let's get to Blind Nail. The reason that everyone's tuning into this podcast, I can only assume this is the only reason everyone's tuning into this podcast, but uh, what's well, to start us? We, we haven't rehearsed. Again, if you don't know what Blind Nail is, each one of us brings a question or a topic to the table. We don't know what we're talking about. That first part, we knew what we were talking about. The second part, we don't know what we're going to talk about next. Uh, who wants to start with us? Uh, you can it. go, Nick. I'll do it. So I have a fun one since since we're we're getting emotional, um, and I like I like to I like to eat my emotions sometimes. And uh, today, you know, took the kids to uh, to get some ice cream, and it was my choice. And I know what my choice is when there's dessert, and it being so damn hot here in the Midwest, it's like you know New Orleans or Houston temperatures right now. It's a hundred thousand degrees out there celsius and what is your favorite place to go for a dessert not like dessert at a place but if it's like you're at your house you have dinner and you're like all right let's go get a dessert where are you guys going to what's that go-to spot maybe it's your birthday maybe it's just a, it's a random wednesday yeah and you want to get some ice cream or you want to get something sweet Mine is easy and it's fairly simple. It, I am a hot fudge Sunday fanatic. Ooh, okay, I, I just love hot fudge Sundays. Always have, always will. And so it's easy. We go to Dairy Queen now. Dairy yes. Queen has a hundred thousand things that you can order. I mean, yes. it's just any combination. And as a hot fudge Sunday guy, 
I tend to dabble into that. I can get the Oreos. I can get the brownie in there. I can get the Reese's in there. Sometimes I get all of that in there, you know? So mine is very, very simple. That's a good question, man. I like that one. But yeah, mine is Dairy Queen. It's not far from the house. And Hot Fudge Sunday. I'm Mm. an easy Hot Fudge Sunday person. I like that. It's good. This is the right podcast for if you want food takes, this is the right podcast you should be listening to. <laughs> a couple big guys on here, a few big right. guys on here. You got the right, you got the right crowd to talk about that. But uh very interesting, Nick, because there's a couple there's one spot that is seasonal that I like to go to. Okay. Only open in the summer. It's only open they actually just closed it. Um, because they have like high school kids running, they just started school back up in Missouri. So like they, they don't have any workers anymore. Um it's called Hawaiian Ice up in Kansas City. It's a it's a shaved ice place. And there's something different. Like shaved ice, snow cones, not the same thing. Not the same. Not, so, not the same. Not, not even close. Not even no, close. And, and sh- there's something about a nice shaved ice that I absolutely love. Um, Hawaiian Ice up here in, in just in the Burlington Creek up in, in Kansas City by Parkville. Um, a little shack that they just put in the parking lot of this like strip mall. But it's it's so perfect. I, I love it every time. They got different f- flavor combinations. They always have like a flavor of the week with a, weird toppings. They'll throw like Sour Patch Kids or Three oh, Pebbles yes. on top of it. It's it's incredible. It's one of the things that I always look forward to every summer is getting those shaved ice, uh, getting the different combinations. Miami Vice is one of my favorite flavor combinations. Uh, they have one called a cereal bowl, which is like a cake batter. Uh, and I, I was a little apprehensive when I heard it. I was like, cake batter? But it's more like a vanilla-type flavor and, like, strawberry, and they put, like, fruity pebbles on top of it. It was it was better than I anticipated it to be. Um, but, no, that is my favorite. That's my go-to place. I also just love Andy's. Andy's is, uh, frozen custard is always one of those go-to spots. Even in the winter, I'll go to Andy's. Uh, they're starting to pop up a lot more on the north side of Kansas City because I think they're a lot further south, and now they're coming up north. Um, but no, between Hawaiian ice, if it's summertime between like Memorial day and labor day, that's the spot that I'm going to, you're going to find me at. I like that. And I learned in new Orleans, the difference thing, there's some really good shaved ice spots in new Orleans, um, place where it's, you know, sticky, sticky hot from June to October. Damn yeah. So yeah. And that big B that soft serve at Dairy queen is yeah. top notch. Yeah. Top notch. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll get a, I'll just get a damn plain cone. No dip. From there yeah. and just be pleased as hell just because the texture <laughs> right to me it's nope. the texture right it's got to have like soft texture and it's not a real treat and to me like my favorite place and this is where we went to because it's father's choice and talk about texture talk about i wasn't rich we weren't rich when we grew up like growing up uh so but like we'd have the rare occasion where my mom would bring back hagen dazs like she'd buy hagen dazs at the grocery store every now and again and so we get that treat, the one-off treat. And I go to other people's houses and they just had Hagen dazs on deck. And I'm like, I know you're wealthy now. Like, I know. <laughs> Your dad probably works on Wall Street and is right now, he invented IBM. You know, it's the 80s, right? It's the 80s, right? So different. Google wasn't a thing. Well, Larry Page, Sergio Brim was still an infancy. And so, so tonight at the mall, they had it forever at Oak Park Mall. They have a Hagen dazs store. It's like a little, it's like a corner booth a corner spot and Hagen dazs has the best texture, the sweetest flavor, and it's just so damn good. And it's OG corporate from way back when, but Hagen dazs man, that's, that's yeah. my go-to. That's my go-to. Nice. Very Stuff. nice. And any of the ice cream. And I splurged and I went, got the cone 
with the chocolate dip top and sprinkles on the cup. Oh, oh yeah. So sprinkles are so underrated. So Super underrated. underrated. Super underrated. Especially on the cones. Yeah. Oh yeah. Big B, do you have a football one or do you have a do you have a, a not serious one? No, nope, mine's a football one. It is a football. Is that a bad? No, no, no. no. I was trying to, I was trying to figure I was trying to figure out which way we wanted to go because mine is like somewhat football related. Uh so okay, no, Big B, go ahead and go with yours, and then we'll round out with mine. Guys, well, so um obviously I'm a Steelers fan, but I know some some Chiefs stuff. So I wanted to to talk to people a little bit about the Chiefs and come up with who is the most underrated Chiefs player that maybe not of all time necessarily, but who do you think is the most underrated Kansas City Chiefs player? Jeez. For me, it was fairly simple. Well, no, nah, I shouldn't say simple, but I went with Art Still. Who the hell is that? I know it's on the Ring of Honor. Is he in Ring of Honor? He's in the Ring of Honor. Yeah. yeah. How is he ever yeah. on the Ring of Honor? I mean, 48 and a half sacks over all those years. I mean, that's not that many sacks. I mean, over he played defensive end, four-time All-Pro. When you think of Chiefs, Art Still is not the name that you're coming up with. Right. I when you think of the Kansas City Chiefs, that is not somebody that somebody's just spouting off at the top of their list of somebody else's list. He is not the guy. But a good player. Good player. That's why I said good player. It's underrated. I didn't know who the hell he was. There you go. See, but I, I know that I know the name because the Chiefs only have a hundred people in the Ring of Honor. They're you know they're Literally. doing on every every level. <laughs> they only do one for like they only do like once one from every like year like era or something like that. Like it's yeah, very it selective. Like, they seem like they did a hundred of them at the beginning. <laughs> like they had <have> everybody <laughs> that played on the <laughs> first team that moved <laughs> to Kansas City. They have everybody on there. Right, and then they backed, and they backed it off. Right, yeah, they, they they totally backed it off. They said, "Wait, we're gonna have to make a bigger stadium if we're gonna do this." <laughs> you could do it on the roof when you put the retractable roof That's on true, Arrowhead. Right? You could just there do more, more rows on the roof, right? Get it up there, like having a mirror above your bed. It's a real, really good concept. Um, you know, to me, I, I think there's there's a number of people you could go for, uh, but I think underrated. Uh, to me, and he's one of my favorite players of all time, uh, sort of try to model my game after him. Uh, I see him around the Kansas City area. Uh, but I would definitely say, that given all undersized offensive linemen, that sort of like, yes, is Casey Wigman. I think Casey played on a brilliant offensive line. He had mm-hmm. some some all-pro Hall of Famers next to him, and he held it down. And he had a, a 14-year career, finally got a, a Pro Bowl yeah. when he was in Denver which is where the little old linemen want to go. That's where I always wanted to go because, you know, they ran a zone scheme. You could be smart and you could be tough. Then you could play for Denver. You know, one of my favorite sins was Tom Nalen and he took over for Tom Nalen and Casey got a Pro Bowl in Denver. But yeah, I'd say Casey Wigman is probably underrated Chiefs Chiefs guy because Grunny gets all the love, right? Absolutely. And then Casey, you're like, I forget Casey Wigman played in all those years. Mm -hmm. I got played like 14 years. And he was good. He was good. good. He was really good. And he had some really cool moves for like a little dude. He had these jump jump set, the jump hooks. It was cool. Like the stuff he did on film, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try that. It was fun to watch and really just consistent. Yeah. Mine might be recency bias. Because, um, uh, you know, I'm not very old. I'm 25. So I haven't seen a whole lot of Chiefs football in my life. But you were 21 last year. No. Uh, we were 21. I was 21 when I think I first met you. 
it's, it's been a while. Um, <laughs> it's been a while. Um, I think it's Alex Smith, and mm. you're not gonna see. You're not gonna find him on the Ring of Honor. He didn't do anything too uh, wild in terms of accomplishments with his terms of the Chiefs. He won. He basically turned that. You know, when Andy Reid came into to Kansas City, um, it was a two and fourteen season the year before. Alex Smith, Andy Reid both come in. They're a playoff team, perennial playoff team. After that, they're a team that, that becomes a contender. And he did a whole lot for Patrick Mahomes, who is the greatest player in Chiefs franchise history already, and he's only played five seasons. Um, maybe that might be hyper, hyperbole, hyper, hyperbole. There we go. I got that word out. Um, that could be hyperbole, but I mean the well, the two Super Bowls, two Super Bowl MVPs, two MVPs. Not been anybody to do that for the Chiefs yet, so I think it's pretty safe to say that Patrick Mahomes has been the best player in franchise history, and what Alex Smith did for that, I think, is always going to be underrated. Uh, people were ready to to cast Alex Smith out as soon as they drafted Patrick Mahomes. That one that one season that he did a lot for Patrick Mahomes, we saw in the quarterback documentary, uh, meant a lot for Patrick and it meant a lot for Alex too, as they seem to both stay in touch still. But um, I think that Alex Smith, you know, he was what he was. Uh, he wasn't anything. He wasn't anything special. You knew what you were going to get from Alex Smith. Wildly consistent. He he wasn't going to lose you any games. But at the same in the same breath, you could say he wasn't really going to win you many games. Even though he did. Remember that scramble he had the overtime against the Chargers? I think week one, like in twenty eighteen. Great picture. Oh, one of the greatest sports pictures. One of the greatest Chiefs pictures. I should say. I don't want to cast too wide of a net there. Uh, one of the greatest Chiefs pictures because there's just pretty good sports pictures, but. I think Alex Smith is that guy who's going to be the most underrated chief. When, it, when it's all said and done, I think people are going to are going to kind of forget about what Alex Smith did to this organ for this organization. That's yeah. very true. Yeah, he was good. He was very good. I mean, they won. He won a lot of football games in Kansas City, man. And it, well, yeah. number one overall pick. People forget about that. Uh, Utah State, Urban Meyer. Uh, he was a uh, 05 pick. I remember they, they were. He was the year after me. And I remember he was in San Francisco. We were in, you know, I was in Arizona. So I, I watched, you know, Alex Smith get beat the hell up by there's some crappy, very crappy 49ers offense lines, like from like 05 until they started doing their thing, yep. you know, for in like, I think it's like eight, six years, man. You have Frank Gore, which was, was your running back and yep. a variety of, of wide receivers and bad teams, man, old Candlestick Park, which was a terrible stadium. You know, it's you know the whole Bay Area stadium scene back then was you know the Odaco Stadium and Candlestick, and it was just yeah. terrible. And yeah. you're right, there's no Mahomes with Alex Smith, no other quarterback. I mean, imagine Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you know, they draft Mahomes. Aaron Rodgers is gonna you know m- mind screw him 100. Yeah. Right? Alex Smith is like, no man, I'll teach you. Like I'll know my role and I'll teach you. And yeah, and he got benched for Colin Kaepernick for uh, concussion. And they yeah. rolled with Kaepernick, man. And, and obviously they should have. You know, I thought Kaepernick had a higher ceiling than Alex Smith. And, you know, but it's one of those things where, like, there's an unspoken rule where you don't lose your spot to injury. And they did with Kaepernick because, you know, Kaepernick yeah. was a better player. But over long term, I agree. And and Alex Smith took a lot of pain, a lot of torment. Mm-hmm. And he never said one word. He never, you know, he's a consummate team player. He might be the un- most underrated player of all time, I think. BC number one, right? Oh, underrated of all. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he won football games. I remember yeah. when all that happened in San Francisco. But the thing about it was, I also remember at the beginning of the season, Arbaugh basically wanted to give Kaepernick the job mm-hmm. and he didn't win the job. 
And then once he got an opportunity to put him in, then it was, okay, I'm just going to put him in and I'm going to roll with him. Because yeah. the 49ers weren't losing under Alex Smith. They were winning. He just happened to get hurt. Mm-hmm. And then Kaepernick took off, but I, I don't know. I, I like I I always liked Alex Smith. I thought yeah. that was the one of the worst leg breaks that I've ever seen. I mean, I, I mean, what happened to him? I saw that documentary. It was disgusting. Oh. It was horrible. I uh, felt so bad for him. But I, Alex Smith is a Alex Smith is a good guy, and he was a really really good football player. Yeah, he was He's, great guy. Um, talk about we talked about guys calling it quits on their own terms. That's what Alex Smith did. He came back from that leg injury, played a couple yes, games, yes. but like. I mean, but that's Washington. They should have never let him step on a football field. They should have yeah. never let that Absolutely. man step on a football field. Absolutely. The way that his leg looked. I mean, come on. At some yeah. point, don't you have to have some sort of compassion, some sort of heart? A shred of I decency. get that he fought back. Yeah, I get that he fought back. I under, and I applauded him. But they should have never. I mean, his leg looked like the size of two calves out there playing. No mobility. I'm like, what are you doing, man? Yeah. Let, don't don't let him play. Yeah. All right, let's wrap it up with my blind nail. And it kind of listen. I don't, this kind of plays into what we were just talking about. I just looked down and I realized what my blind nail was, and it kind of plays into it. Why? Because you just you just thought of it. No, <laughs> 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 well, it's on my paper right here, Nick. Already, I've done it's already that. I've, done that. I've come up with a blind nail like the second before. So yeah, sometimes you have to. Sometimes it's a game time decision. Sometimes, sometimes you have to. Uh, but no, this is this is mine. I've seen this uh, question circulating Twitter a few times, regardless of sport. And this question always seems to come up. But if you could eliminate injuries from any player's career, who would? Oh, Jackson. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you you beat me to it, Nick. Bo yeah, Jackson. Right. Yeah, Jamie yeah. Christmas. It's it's unreal. It's it's unreal. It's like or Ryan Shazier. Yeah. I mean, he par- got paralyzed on the field. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was that was yeah. But the Bo Jackson effect would was definitely the one where you're like, what could have been, right? Uh, or, yeah. I mean, I guess it's different. But what about Ricky Williams, right? I know he had he was more like mentally mentally injured, and then he got suspended for marijuana. Yeah, they kept popping yeah. him for right. Yeah, right. Yeah. So and the man had a, he had a, like a social anxiety. He sure did. You know, like so he had he had issues, and and they didn't address that. And talk about the absolute wrong coach to have any sort of yeah. uh, social anxiety for was um, what's it, Mike Dicka, who right. I've talked to so many people who were Dicka, and they're like, no, he's such a blowhard. Like, yeah. He's such a blowhard. Like, if, you know, no respect from his players, and, you know, took one of the greatest defenses and barely won. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you, uh, sorry, what just made me think about that when you're talking about that, that 85 Bears team? You know the Bears have never had a four thousand yard passer in their career in like their history. I've never had. I'll, a, I'll I'll believe it. No, never well, had a four thousand yard passer. I'll I'll let him off the hook. Other than Aaron Rodgers has done it, and he plays in Green Bay. It's tough to throw the football in November and December in Chicago. Mm-hmm. It, it it is tough yeah. to be able to do that. Cold, windy. It's a it's high turf. Tough. It's a high yeah. grass. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's tough. You move slower in Soldier Field. Like yes, you know, you the grass. Yeah. The grass is is thicker. There. I, don't, I don't know if it's still grass anymore, but it's, yeah, it's definitely noticeable where you're wearing studs in Soldier Field and, and you're not, yeah, you're not agile. So not a lot of sacks happening in Soldier Field, which is good. It's like a snow game. Yeah. 
He's your PC I, I didn't realize that though, but I can believe it. I can it's believe like it. it's like Notre Dame back in the day. I think uh, was was what I was told. But yeah, that, that grass. high grass there. I remember going there in high school, and that field. I mean, first of all, we were all in all. But you walked on the field. I'm like, oh my god, it's like somebody's yard out here. <laughs> that has been cut a week, week and a half. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna stay. But, but 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 what would there be anybody else who hurt in all sports? Can you think of anybody who who I know we're missing? There's someone else too. So a couple of comments that have popped up here. Uh, Justin Houston, though, from a Chiefs perspective, I think that's an interesting one. Jamal Charles as well, especially from a Chiefs perspective. Remember when he like tore his ACL, like tore his ACL one year, came back and then tore his like other ACL. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was that was very unfortunate. I don't know if they have the impact though. For that, sure, you know, because they were able to come back and play. I, I'm thinking more, and maybe that's a good way to look at it. I was thinking more of they were never the same. Mm. Jamal Charles was. Jamal Charles was pretty good. Yeah. I mean, um, he's a, he's in the battle for Hall of Fame right now. Like, he's a nominated right now. So, yeah. I mean, you, you know, honestly, here's one that no one really talks about, but got his due. Derek Thomas doesn't die in a car accident. And yeah, that's true. I mean, he's a Hall of Fame. He's a Hall of Famer or everything like that. But what if he wasn't? I mean, because what year was he when he did that? Oh, he was, it was, he was, he had been in the league maybe. Me, no, he'd, he'd been in the league for a little bit. Because um, remember, he never played again, and he had all those stats. So That's true. Um, it was, what was it, 19? I want to say it was 98 or 99 is when that happened. 99, yeah. Yeah. Um, this is last year was in 99, so it probably happened in 90 or 2000. It was, yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, it was the, that January... Okay. I remember because mm-hmm. I was with my girlfriend, who's now my wife. We were in at Kansas City, and I remember when that wreck? I mean, it was all over the news, all over yeah. the news that he had gotten a wreck on the way to the airport, and because he was going to see the Rams uh, championship game. Um, yeah, the mm-hmm. NFC Championship game. He was going to go fly to St. Louis. Um, I remember when all of that happened. But you're right. What? How? First of all, how how many more years does he play? Uh, he was in his eleventh season. Gotcha. So, so he, he still know. played a minute. Yeah. Yeah, he could play for a little bit while. He was really, man, that was crazy when that happened. But you, you talk about somebody that was really good. I mean, you yeah. get in a third down situation. I mean, just couldn't block the guy. Just no. couldn't block him. So, yeah, so that would be one where he's in his 11th year. So then he plays. I mean, what? I mean, DN's back then. I mean, you're, you're playing Played 15 years, right? Yeah. Playing. So imagine him with four more years. Yeah. Neil Smith and then imagine how the Chiefs would have been. I mean, that's 99 season and then he died in february 2000 so yep. you look that i mean then you have Derek thomas and you know neil uh what's the name neil smith right maybe and like for 2000 for 01 for 02 coupled with those chief offensive linemen those chiefs offenses that's maybe maybe super bowl like look at impact on a team that he would have had for those early 2000 chiefs teams well, you think yep. about it because the Chiefs had literally no defense yeah. at all. I mean, they had yeah. no resistance whatsoever on those teams. And to have a Derek Thomas out there could have changed everything. Yeah. That's a whole different bulk. Even though he would have been older. But you yeah. know what? You still have to right. account for him. Still, still got to account for him. Still okay. fear. Absolutely. You know, even him diminished is probably still better than most, most out Absolutely. there in those years. Absolutely. Yeah. Even if he was just the third down guy, still yeah. got to block him. 
Right. A couple more comments that I'm seeing rolling in here. Uh, Andrew Luck is one of them. Um, I think that's a, that could be an interesting one. Yeah, that's uh, right. He'd still be playing for sure. Yeah, Eric Berry. Um, yeah. Cancer. Cancer. Well, you know, I, I think the Andrew Luck thing, I, I was curious. I was like, why, why did he retire? And then someone on Twitter, which I love Twitter sometimes, and someone put together, it was a clip of every time Andrew Luck got sacked. And he has something like 200 sacks in eight yeah. years and it hurt my back watching it. I only got through half Man. of it. And I, there were some where he was like here and just, just blindsided and it just like his posture went backwards. He like, did you know where, where people fall on those those funny videos when they do the scorpion? Uh-huh. You know, yeah. they fall forward and their legs touch the back of their head. There were some there where I'm like, oh my God, he just almost did a scorpion by getting blasted so hard. So yeah. I mean, again, part of the, the Colts organization, I know we're bagging on the Colts, but they deserve it. But I mean, how do you draft this generational quarterback and then literally don't put a decent line yeah. around him? How is that even, I mean, because they did it with Peyton Manning. He had a good line. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you draft this guy to replace Peyton Manning, Shouldn't you go out of your way to, you know, but nope, that's not what they want to do. We'll give, we'll draft him. He'll be able to deal with it all. And we'll just pay other guys at other positions. We won't do anything with the line. And look what happened. Got the guy destroyed. Yeah. And he quit. Dory had to quit. They broke him. They literally broke him. They 100% broke Andrew Luck. And, you know, I don't blame him. I don't blame him. No, I don't blame him one bit. Oh, yeah. There's a podcast out there that the Athletic did uh, about just like a normal history of like Andrew Luck's time, and I can't remember what it's called or where it's even at. But the Athletic did it. I know that for sure. Uh, I think Stephen Holder, who's the writer for the Athletic for the for the Colts, did it. It's a very good podcast about Andrew Luck and kind of about him. He didn't talk to Andrew Luck because Andrew Luck didn't want it. Andrew Luck doesn't like to talk about his football days anymore. Like he he's doesn't private. like. Yeah, yeah he finished. he wants to be private, I which like it. I respect it. He he actually talked to Andrew Luck, and Andrew Luck would, like gladly talked to him. But he said like, hey don't use any of this. You can just use it for like, as like filler stuff for the story. Um, but what should you, yes. <laughs> so like, I, I really do re- appreciate that about Andrew. Look, but, uh, fellas, great wait, episode today. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. You were missing that. The, the best part was taken from me of Andrew Luck's career was Andrew Luck, civil war general, uh, yes. with the letters, letters to home. That after was the games. <laughs> that was, the absolute best. Like I miss those a lot. That that was his yeah. beard was so raggedy, uh-huh. right? It was like Civil War beard stuff. Like, <laughs> Ulysses S. Grant. So yeah, I miss that. That's yeah. They've tried to do it with other quarterbacks too. I think there's a General Mahomes one. It just doesn't doesn't it doesn't, doesn't, no. doesn't hit the same. No. <laughs> That's how. And then Andrew Luck had that deep. Uh, what's it called? Uh, Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lamb voice. He did. We're out there, pass the ball 30 times today. Let me give a shout out to my 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 players and everyone like that. He did. He's good. He probably should have won the Heisman too his his year. I mean RG RG three had a hell of a year. But um now versus K State. No, he didn't. Yo, let's go. Good note to end on then, I guess. Um, <laughs> all right, let's go do it for today's episode, this week's episode. Appreciate you guys listening all the way to the end of the podcast for Nick Leckie, for Brian Hanley. I'm Tucker Franklin. We will catch you next week. Join us live Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. if you're feeling up to it, or you can always listen to the podcast afterwards. So 
Until next time, we'll talk to you later. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.